106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The tragic story of AOC, narrated by Sir David Attenborough on Netflix. In the wilds of American politics, we encounter a remarkable tale of transformation. Our protagonist, a young idiotic bartender, embarks on an astonishing journey that takes her from behind the bar to the corrupt halls of Congress overnight. This young jackass, not known for her intellectual prowess, is driven by a fervent commitment to woke ideology. As she ascends into the halls of corruption, our young jackass is filled with idealism and vodka, determined to implement her idiotic ideas. However, the road ahead is fraught with challenges, and her extremely low intellect quickly becomes even more apparent. Her woke policies lead to chaos, and the area she represents becomes even more of a shithole. Is a cautionary tale of putting a bartender in charge of more than making margaritas. There was an interesting moment over the weekend when your New York colleague, Congressman Jamal Bowman, and he's under investigation for this now after Capitol Police say he pulled a fire alarm in one of the House office buildings. Democrats were trying to delay a final vote on the bill. There he is uh, pulling the fire alarm. He says it was an accident. He thought pulling the alarm would open a door uh, based on the fact that the doors to his right there were locked and there was a sign that I, I think someone said it was confusing. I I'll be honest, it doesn't really make sense to me, his explanation. Have you talked to him? I think if you actually do see some of the photos of the signs. I think there's there's something to be said about the government's about to shut down. There's a vote clock that's going down. The exits that are normally open in that building were suddenly closed. He so pulled a fire alarm? So <laughs> The pandemic did do a number on me. You know, I really thought I could cope in a crisis effectively, and I don't I don't think I can. I had big ideas about hiking and jogging and doing, and I didn't. All right, do y'all remember when it first happened and they said, give us two weeks? Give us two weeks. Okay. I went, ooh, I'll make a chicken pot pie. <laughs> I made a chicken pot pie, and then that darn thing dragged on and on, and I made more chicken pot pie, and then I mixed alcohol with it. I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 at a time, and you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. You want to know how the government works? Do ya? Well, first they take your legs. Then they sell you a wheelchair. Then they tax you for the wheelchair. Then they regulate when and where you can use the wheelchair. <laughs> and as you sit there, cold, hungry, and helpless, they assure you that without them, you wouldn't be getting around so well. <laughs> Thank you.
good day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and your host of No Hostages Radio. And you can uh, catch up with us at our website at nohostagesradio.com, or you can just uh, link up through your favorite podcast source. You can reach me at 530-713-1838. Once again, 530-713-1838. You can also email me at a link to the uh, website at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Uh, that is the uh, email for me. So you can send me any information, clips, uh, whatever you think I, I would benefit from. I'd appreciate it. Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And I'll mention my uh, phone number again later in connection with uh, drug re- rehabilitation. So thank you for being here. This is episode 237, and it will appear on October 14, 2023. That's a Saturday morning. That's our routine. Every Saturday morning we have a new uh, post uh, podcast coming up. And then we also do a live show at KNYC 1410 AM in Northern California here based in Yuba County. So if you're very far out, since it's an AM, you're not going to be able to reach it very clearly. But you can listen online and on your tablet or phone if you wish, and that uh, you can go to our website at No Hostages Radio and click on Listen Live, and and we call that show Live with Lou. Uh, It's a 10 a.m. left coast time to 1 p.m. and uh, every Saturday. So we have a podcast pop-up every Saturday, and we also do a live show. So uh, if some for some reason, if that link over at the website's not working, you can go to live365.com, look for listen on the radio, and put in the call letters KMYC, and you can listen there. Um, and from 10 to 1, that's me. Okay? I wanted to mention right away about two ladies that I met uh, uh, by telephone, and uh, really uh, got to appreciate them. And uh, one of them is Laura Bartlett. And she uh, and uh, I think it's so uh, what is her partner's name here? Greta. Let's see. It's it's here somewhere. Anyway, let me just stick with Laura. I want to give you two websites. This is going to help you if you have to go to the hospital for any reason because we can't trust the hospitals. And uh, many times a hospital is giving people uh, medication contrary to their wishes. And so uh, that happened during COVID when um, maybe millions received rendisivir and were put on the vent. And actually uh, after, many of them after, they said, please don't give me that. Please don't put me on that. And they even wrote it on their bodies, and they still put them on that and killed them and collect, collected hundreds of thousands of dollars in benefits from the uh, federal government. So uh, these two ladies, Greta, I think it's Greta Crawford, um, they uh, put together an entire packet that you can download for free, videos online for free, and it will tell you how to print out some paperwork. They have it. They've had it. Uh, they do it all. They've done it. You print it out and you put your name on it and you have it notarized. And then you have your loved ones or friends that uh, can watch your back in case you ever get in a car accident or some sudden health crisis. And they will deliver that document or you could even deliver it 
to the caregivers at the hospital, and then one certified copy goes to the head of the hospital. And um, I'm going to give you a couple, as I mentioned, uh, websites. One is ourpatientrights.com. You can get the forms there, ourpatientrights.com. And the other one is hospitalhostagehelp.com, hospitalhostagehelp.com. Okay, hold on to that thought. Now I'm going to go over to a different page here, and I'm going to read you a couple testimonials that they gave me this week. I was talking to them, and, and they're, uh, they're just trying to get the word out so people can uh, take – they've done all the hard work. All you have to do is uh, uh, benefit from it. Uh, so uh, Scott Shara, he's a legal trailblazer and patient rights advocate, and he indicates that medical murder – outpaces heart disease and cancer to become America's number one cause of death currently. Hear what I said? Medical murder outpaces heart disease and cancer becoming America's number one cause of death. So uh, he says, Laura Bartlett, founder of Hospital Hostage Hotline. You can see the hotline where you can call them and they will counsel you over the phone. Uh it's a 100% free patient advocacy and rescue hotline. And Greta Crawford, a five-round remdesivir. I don't know anybody's survived past five rounds. Survivor, founder of Protocol Kills, are offering a free webinar that will teach these things. How to ensure your informed consent is respected and honored. How to prevent a doctor from administering any drug, treatment, or intervention against your will. How to prevent hospital bullying, cohesion, sorry, coercion, or gaslighting. How this strategy can be used in case of hospital emergencies and scheduled surgeries. How to hold hospital doctors accountable for violating your bodily autonomy, such as possible loss of medical license and seven, eight, seven to eight figure judgments or jail time against the doctor. They're not blowing smoke, folks. They're telling the truth. So uh, anyway, I don't know whether this has happened already or not. Doesn't give a date, but um, they got a big endorsement from some really sharp people: Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Stella Emanuel, uh, Mary Tyler Bowden. So they they give them a big thumbs up. So a couple of testimonies they sent to me, I thought were. Uh, Provocative. She said, uh, patient in Texas and a Texas ER called police on his brother. Uh, so uh, the way this is written, uh, there was a Texas in it, a patient in a Texas ER, and they called the ER called police on uh, the brother just because he was asking questions about medication and care. In other words, he had his brother advocating for him, and he was asking questions about medication and care, and the ER called the police within minutes uh laura who runs this operation said i got the document emailed over to him once the hospital received our document the hospital care did a 180 degree turn for the better the doctor apologized to the patient and his family and the hospital said they had opened an investigation into who called the police on them when i checked on him laura said a day or two later his condition had improved and and uh, he commented, this is the best treatment my brother has ever 
received by any doctor in his life. So in that case, he wasn't just on his own. He had a brother that was advocating for him, and and they thought, hey, mind your own business, butt out, uh, and we're calling the police on you. You're you're disturbing us, right? So with that document I'm telling you about, they were able to prevail, and nobody ended up getting sued. They just did their job, and the patient got what they wanted. Number two, this is another testimonial. <clears throat> it said a man was scheduled for a routine surgical procedure in New Jersey. During the pre-surgical meeting with the doctor, he presented the document known as current decision document. He said the doctor spent nearly 45 minutes going over all the risks, benefits of the surgery in a very friendly and thorough way. It was amazing. In other words, what they're saying here is this current decision document, that's a document that these ladies have created for you, free. You just have to download it. He said the doctor spent nearly 45 minutes, as I mentioned. Then he left. Then the nurse came into the room and spent another 20 or 30 minutes making sure I understood everything so that my informed consent was honored. Quote, Mind you, this was the same doctor my husband has had previous surgical procedures with. This time it was drastically different for the better. So it makes a difference when you're prepared and they know you know what's going on and you're presenting them them with legal paperwork. They know they're going to be legally responsible. They're not not going to strong arm you. You you with me? Okay. So uh very simple uh to follow up on that. Now, it isn't unusual for you to call me and say, now, what was that? Uh, what was that phone number? What was that? Uh, I'm going to give you a phone number. In fact, I'll give you a phone number and I'm going to give you the website once again. So Laura Bartlett, you can reach her at 214-450-9675. Now, don't call her up and ask her a bunch of questions when you haven't read the documents online. In fact, there's a video online that that when you go to their websites and you watch the video educate yourself do your homework if you're still confused then call her 214-450-9675 people call all the time asking me questions that i've already answered they just don't pay attention pay attention so the the websites are ourpatientrights.com and hospitalhostagehelp.com Okay. All right. Let me get back down here. Uh, okay. So a study was posted, uh, a Lancet study. That is one of the top uh, uh, medical forums in the world, Lancet, L-A-N-C-E-T. <coughs> but it went up, they posted it, and was taken down within 24 hours. Here's why the study, <clears throat> sorry, I got a scratch in my throat. <clears throat> the study found that 74% COVID vaccine autopsies were found to be caused. The death was caused by the vaccine. Did you hear what I said on autopsies <clears throat> where people were jabbed? 74% died because of the jab, complications to the jab. You want me to say that once more? <coughs> when they looked at autopsies of people who had died and taken the jab, 74% were caused by the, by the jab. Now, last Sunday night, 
I'm, I'm recording this on Wednesday night before Saturday when it shows, but this past Sunday night <clears throat> at a small church service in Nevada County, which is just one, one county over from where we're sitting, a guy was given an announcement, just one of the folks in the church, and uh, all of a sudden he just stopped and said, you know, uh, I took the jab, told the whole congregation. And he said, ever since that, I've been sick, and I don't feel well tonight. And everybody just stood up and began to pray for him. There's a lot of people we know that trusted their doctors, trusted the government, uh, to, got pressured from their family members, got pressured from their boss, got pressured from the military, and took the jab. And many of these people are going to die suddenly and die pretty soon. But you never know. <clears throat> there could be divine intervention, but it looks pretty bad from the doctors I've been listening to. <clears throat> and so uh, the Lancet study said 74%. And it says it suggests there is a high likelihood of a ca causal link between COVID-19 shots and death in most cases. Further urgent investigation is required for the purpose of clarifying our findings. But the the bottom line is, uh, it doesn't look good. So uh, <clears throat> I would just pray because uh, there are some detoxification things that you can take. I think some of those things help if you've gotten COVID and you still have some residual effects from the weaponized COVID. Uh, but from the jab, I don't know that studying I've done, and I'm obviously not a doctor. The studying I've done is uh, it doesn't look good doesn't look good at all <clears throat> so uh let's see i'm looking for something that i picked up here i don't have it right here hold on okay so i'm backing away from my uh mic here i need to pick up this document so this week i donate to uh the judicial watch that's tom fitton's group in washington dc they sue a lot of government entities to get the truth and they, they sent me a booklet called A Special Investigative Report, The Judicial Watch COVID Project. And uh, I have not read it all. I've read the executive summary, and the executive summary uh, is worth a lot of money. And I want to go over some of the things because uh, we've been saying this all along, but they've, uh, what they do is file what they call Freedom of Information Act requests or what they call fo FOIA requests. And um, sometimes the government does not comply with that. They're supposed to, but sometimes they wait till they're sued in court and then, uh, then they respond or sometimes they wait till the court forces them to respond somehow. I don't have time to go through all the, the details of the fight on each one of these, but I'm just going to tell you what what the documents that have been released have told Judicial Watch. Tom Fitton, the uh, uh, director of Ju Judicial Watch, says, we discovered a coordination between state governments and polling firms, that's PR firms, such as in records we obtained from the Michigan Health Department to determine better ways to frighten, listen to me now, you hear that? Frighten the population about the dangers of COVID virus and the failure to adhere to supposed COVID mitigation measures like wearing face masks and social distancing. 
Did you hear what I said? I'm not going to keep repeating it. Just pay attention. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm reading right out of this document, which is right out of the papers they got from the government. They were trying to frighten the populations of, of the uh, world and specifically the United States about the dangers of COVID so they would comply. J- Judicial Watch exclusively obtained the annual progress report submitted by ECO Alliance to the National Institute of Health. ECO Alliance got a grant titled Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence, which Senator Rand Paul and eminent scientists such as Robert Malone and, and Richard Ebright deemed to be gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function means you weaponize or make the virus worse than it already was in nature. So uh, what they're getting at is uh, Anthony Fauci gave grants to Eco Health Alliance, which is a nonprofit who turned around and funded the Wuhan lab. And uh, there's a guy that runs Eco Health Alliance by the name, he's a zoologist by the name of Peter Daszak. He should be held accountable and be tried just like Anthony Fauci. So uh, anyway, even though during Obama's, uh, Barack Obama's tenure in office, he declared a uh, the fact that he didn't want any more, he wanted a moratorium on doing gain of function research. Anthony Fauci ignored that and said, Oh, we already have committed to this. We'll just go ahead and do it instead of stopping it. Number three, these progress reports from Eco Alliance uh, showed work in creating mutant viruses from bats using indispensable technology furnished by the Chinese. Uh, to the Chinese by the University of North Carolina professor Ralph Barrick. Now, hold on to the name Peter Daszak and hold on to the name Professor Ralph Barrick, B-A-R-I-C, a world-leading expert on coronavirus gain-of-function research. Ralph Barrick and the Wuhan lab produced the jacked-up uh, coronavirus that, that was such a uh, a stronger illness than what it was would have been in just naturally in nature. They call it a gain-of-function research. The documents detail the research being funded by the U.S. National Institutes of Health, or NIH, in bioweapons labs in Wuhan, China, to make chimeric viruses by splicing foreign proteins into bat coronaviruses in order to make them more transmissible, more infectious, and more deadly in human beings. You see what I'm, you see what I'm saying to you? crazy phone hold on Sorry, all my phones are going off crazy. This is coming to the end of our, our clip here, our first clip of six clips here. We're doing a six segments. But what I, what I want to highlight is that these guys authorized for decades now experimentation to make naturally occurring viruses much, much worse. And uh, they say they did it so they could create vaccines 
to uh, fight them in case things did get worse. But Obama said, we don't want to do that anymore. And they went ahead and did it anyway. We're going to be right back and uh, we'll pick up in our second segment in just a minute. You have a new book that's coming out shortly, I believe. It's Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. Uh, do you supply evidence here that yeah. it was indeed a Wuhan lab leak? Without question. We also have discovered that there was a cover-up within our government starting in February of 2020. From the very beginning, Anthony Fauci knew he was involved with funding this lab, and he did everything possible. It's throughout our government. Eight different agencies in our government are covering up their support for this lab in Wuhan. It's ongoing as we speak. Even though we've had a unanimous Congress declassify the information, I have classified, unclassified information that's being withheld from me to this day. But we have evidence, yes, that they were dishonest, that Anthony Fauci lied in hearings to me, which is a felony, punishable up to five years. We now have emails that show him saying that he knew it was gain of function, that the virus looked manipulated, and that he was worried that this came from the Wuhan lab. February 1st of 2020, then he spent the last three years saying nothing to see here. We also know that there was a safety committee that should have reviewed this, and we know that Anthony Fauci went around the safety committee. The safety committee set up in place to make sure this wouldn't happen, never saw the Wuhan funding because Anthony Fauci allowed the funding to go around the safety committee. This is a bombshell revelation, and this will eventually bring down Anthony Fauci. Deception, the great COVID cover-up. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. Thanks for being with us this morning, sir. Thank you. We appreciate it always. Thank you. I've had a lot of people over the years who ask the question, can you really get 8 billion people from 8? So about 1,000 BC, they believe the population was about 50 million. So can you go from 50 million people to 8 billion in that time of 3,000 years? And mm -hmm. the answer is, well, that would take 2.3 kids per family per generation. So it's only a growth rate of 14, 15 percent, which, right. which means, yeah, that's what you'd expect, right? So if you start back at the flood, eight people 4,300 years ago, can you get to 50 million, 1,000 BC, can you get to 50 million in 1,348 years? And the answer is that will take 2.6 kids per family per generation. So you can see, actually, if you started with eight people 4,300 years ago, you'd expect about eight billion today. I mean, the population growth is exponential. Parents, are you in reality or in denial? I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. If you have kids in the so-called public schools, let me bring you into reality. There are already 13 statewide government school sexual indoctrination laws. On top of that, quote, unofficial days and weeks of teacher or school-sponsored LGBTQIA plus promotion. Add to this the negative peer pressure, low academics, increased threat of violence, and today's public schools fail the test of what children need and parents want. Fortunately, you can rescue your kids. If you understand the meaning of garbage in, garbage out, you'll understand why you need to get your children out of the dysfunctional, low-standards, anti-family, godless government schools. See our special website, rescueyourchild.com, at savecalifornia.com, championing your values in California. 
I've been actually trying to lose weight because the shows on TV have been scaring me. They have shows where they take big people and they throw them in vans. And they put them in camps. Didn't that happen before in history? Have the Nazis come back? We have nutrition Nazis. So, I see you have a little Chicago hot dog on your face. Get in the van! You are pork! Well, if you're living up in Northern California or anywhere in California, it's the wild, wild west, and uh, it's lawless. It has become lawless, and uh, you may need some extra security help because law enforcement is standing down at the request of politicians from really enforcing the laws. And many of the laws are letting people get away with not quite murder, but everything up to it. So when you need some security help, you need to look out for elite universal security up here in Northern California if you're from this area. And uh, they're they're uh, based in Yuba County, but they serve all the way up to the Oregon border, which is about five hours above us here, all across uh, California. So if you need some help with your security, whether you're on a farm or you have industry or government or, or business or your house, maybe you live out in a rural area, maybe you have a, a club out there, a hunting club. And people are stealing people blind. They're just, they come at night, they're all hooded up. They got all kinds of x-ray vision. They got super duper flashlights. They got it going on. They're breaking in. They're constantly breaking into buildings that uh, are trying to break in where uh, we have done remodeling and fixing up places for nonprofits. So you can reach Elite Universal Security at 530-749-0280, They, um... They will take care of business. They do road patrols. They do armed patrol. They do foot patrol. They do security cameras. They do all kinds of things. They also help you understand how to handle a gun if, you, if you're new to that. They'll, they have a range. They teach you how to get all the licenses, permits for California, which is crazy. So if you need them, call them at 530-749-0280. So if you're up here in one of these counties in Northern California, you think, ah, I wonder if they need some work. I need a part-time job. They'll put you to work. They'll train you to be a guard. And if you want full-time or part-time, they can help you with that. So don't be hesitant. They they were talking to me here a while back, a few months ago, that they had work right up on the Oregon border, California and Oregon. So give them a shout-out, okay? Also, uh, Dave Greenitz, Dave Greenitz uh, Construction. And I want you to go to his uh, platforms. That's greenitzconstruction.com. It's the, it's the color green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. And you can uh, check out his work in kitchens and bath remodel. He, he does all kinds of remodeling, but he really specializes and become, has become famous for kitchens and baths. And uh, so you can go to greenitzconstruction.com or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page and check out his work. 
I'll give you his phone number. You can reach him off those platforms, but I'll give you his phone number, 530-682-9602. Once again, call or text 682-9602. So I was talking to you about this report. It's quite thick, maybe 25, 30 pages. And it's thorough. It's written like uh, legal stuff, right? Because uh, these boys are attorneys. And they have sued all kinds of federal, state, and county organizations, uh, government organizations. And um, so they talked about this work, and, and they've, they've uh, even though guys like uh, Dr. David Martin have figured this out through the patent system, who Ralph Barrick is, who Peter Daszak is, who uh, Tony Fauci is, and uh, and Collins, uh, can't remember Collins' first name. He was the head of the NIH, NIH. There's a group of these fellows that have all committed crimes against humanity. And uh, David Martin's already figured it out. Now uh, we have these ex- this exposure through getting the actual documents and correspondence and and uh, information that have been uh, hidden up till now. So they say, uh, Judicial Watch says, we obtained Moderna documents. Moderna is a drug company, I'm putting quotes around, that never, never ever produced one drug. And the, the jab is the first one they ever came up with. So Tom Fitton said, we obtained Moderna documents submitted to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration before Moderna's COVID injection received emergency use authorization from the FDA, demonstrating that skeletal deformities appeared in the offspring in other words this is what was written up deformities appeared in the offspring of female rats after they'd been jabbed with the the quote-unquote vaccine in other words before they got approval there was evidence that rats the descendants of female rats were deformed and when they did the the the, uh, control group they did not have deformity one drug re- regulatory approval process expert w- working with Judicial Watch, his name is or her name is Sasha Latipova, described the records to us as shocking and said these findings should have resulted in the immediate halt of all uh, medical products. Next, he says, our investigations obtained communications among U.S. government scientists demonstrating the pressures that vaccine safety officials were under to rapidly approve COVID vaccines, despite the evidence that they were seeing that the COVID injections caused myocarditis in young men and posed other health risks. We detail these communications below. Next, he said, we obtained communications among top NIH officials discussing how they collaborated with USAID, CDC, State Department, and the Gates Foundation to, quote, raise China's voice of governance by placing representatives from China on important international councils as high-level commitment from China, and how the Gates Foundation was working with the Chinese government to help Chinese companies gain pre-qualification on medications so the Chinese company-manufactured drugs can be sold outside China. Here's what's going on. Gates is trying to help China sell their drugs you know, they, they produce a huge amount of our drugs, our medications. It's very dangerous. China does not have the quality control we have, and we, we have a long ways to go. 
Fitton says, we obtained documents indicating that the top U.S. government health officials had received comprehensive medical assessments by esteemed scientists like Tess Laurie and her colleagues from Britain early in the pandemic demonstrating the efficacy of a cheap, safe, and highly effective drug like ivermectin to treat COVID. Yet ivermectin's effectiveness continued to be dismissed and its use suppressed by the highest echelons of America's public health bureaucracy, such as the director of NIAID, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and NIH director, Dr. Francis Collins. Its use was virtually banned across the United States and most of the Western world under threats to physicians' medical licenses from their state medical boards. Now Senator Ron Johnson, using our material, has determined that NIH released the comments about the study among NIH scientists that were withheld from, from the U.S. The, Collins, Fauci, all these people are liars, and they, def, they defrauded the American public and put them at risk by not allowing them to use uh, commonly uh, used drugs and wonderful uh, Nobel Prize winning research drugs. He said Judicial Watch obtained documents detailing the government's unprecedented media strategies to work with American celebrities, athletes, sports associations, comedy writers, social media influencers, and others involved in the shaping in shaping American culture to encourage Americans to take the jab and to shame those with the foresight and personal fortitude to resist the pressure to take the jab. Next, he said, through our repeated Information Act requests and litigation, that means suing people, Judicial Watch forced the government to reveal that Pfizer's testing labs for some of its COVID vaccine components were located not in America, but in Shanghai, China. Judicial Watch obtained communications from the University of Texas Medical Branch, which revealed that a top U.S. virologist there, James LaDuke, who had long worked with and trained the Chinese in viral research, was warning the Chinese of pending congressional investigations following the outbreak of the pandemic. He went on. He went so far as to provide top Chinese bioweapons researcher Xi Zingli with a draft summary that I will. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll just leave that part. Judicial Watch obtained documents from the NIH, CDC, and USDA detailing numerous biosafety laboratory accidents occurring across the U.S., some of which involved the coronavirus, which laboratory workers were quarantined. Infected animals escaped laboratories. Critical equipment failed, and containment of dangerous agents and viruses were lost. These incidents illustrate how frequent laboratory incidents occur, leaving us vulnerable to the next pandemic. In this paper, we will provide a sampling of the many stories. This is really a, a, a gold mine a document they sent me, and they sent it to me simply because I give money to these guys because they know what they're doing and they get a lot of results. So if you're interested, you can donate to Judicial Watch, and, and their subtitle on their name is because no one is above the law. You remember when we used to believe that? So you can reach them at judicialwatch.org, and you can donate to them right online. That's how I do it normally, although they do send me, I can write a check, or you know, they send me paperwork where I can write a check. So I wanted to give you that information, which is uh, 
it's it's wonderful information. I'm hoping I can write an article about it uh, as well to spread the word and uh, farther than they can. Uh, okay. So I gave the information on Greta Crawford and Laura Bartlett about their uh, webinar and things they got they have going. I told them about the Lancet, told them about Judicial Watch. Now, I'm going to talk to you for a briefly. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about COVID later. But I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about the constant propaganda and dishonesty about guns by the liberals. And uh, they keep talking about gun reform. That's what they call a euphemism for gun control. They want to take away our guns. We have a Second Amendment right that the right to possess a gun shall not be infringed upon. Already, our rights to have a gun, have ammunition, carry how we carry a gun, what kind of gun we have, have been infringed upon, and they need to be reversed. And the Supreme Court seems to be changing those rules, even lo- locally here in Yuba and Sutter County in California. You can't open carry in California. You used to be able to when I was a young man. And before uh, before 1968, I think it was, that they changed, and they violated the Constitution, and they got away with it, that you couldn't just have a gun in the front seat of your car or in a, in a, a gun rack if you're hunting or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They made it much more stringent because they were they were afraid of black people carrying guns. That's just the way it is. They were called Black Panthers back then. So now the liberals all of the United States, anytime somebody gets killed with a gun, however they get killed, shoot themselves, accident or intentional, they, they say we need to, if we didn't have any guns in society, that wouldn't happen. Now, uh, what really is going on in our country is cultural violence. And they, no one wants to talk about that. They, they want to call, call it gun violence. It's cultural violence. And that's the actual problem. But they don't want to deal with that because it's an inconvenient truth. By the way, anybody heard from uh, Al Gore in the last few years? Al Gore, is he sick? Did he die? Uh He's getting up there, and he always is packing too much weight. But he, you, you know, with all this climate stuff, you don't hear much from him. Remember, he made the the movie got a he got a uh, an Oscar for it, right? And it was just full of baloney. Okay, so let me just tell you, I'm going to tell you some truths about uh, guns and uh, and alcohol. For the record, a- attacks on schools, even though when you'll hear about it within minutes after it happens, if a school gets attacked. Attacks on schools are very, very rare. More than 99% of all murder victims are not killed in mass shootings. Any kind of mass shootings. Did you hear what I said? More than 99% of all murder victims are not killed in mass shootings in schools or any other location. Uh, But the fact is, in society, we have sociopaths, uh, assailants, and... uh, As, as long as they keep their business up, Democrats have been propping up the coffins of the dead as political soapboxes to promote gun control. So they're particularly quick to do that, as I mentioned earlier, when the victims are white, knowing that they can invoke a strong response from the cadre of white liberal women. Those are the ones shouting about the problem 
that they perceive as guns, too many guns. So here's some facts. After four years of record firearm sales, the last four years, more than half of all adults are legal gun owners. In other words, you're not supposed to be able to carry a firearm or own one if you're a felon. Other than that, you're legal. More specifically, it turns out that because of self-defense is the primary reason Americans acquire firearms nowadays, as opposed to hunting. Women are now the fastest growing Democrat demographic group of new gun owners. Do you hear what I said? Even though we hear from me, all religious, uh, not religious, but uh, liberal white women about gun control. They're the fastest growing. Women are the fastest growing demographic group of new gun owners. In fact, it's estimated that could be they could be as high as 42 percent of the new handgun owners. Moreover, to the dismay of all those wealthy suburbanite liberal white women advocating policies to suppress Second Amendment rights. And given the inconvenient truth that huge disproportionate number of murders and violent crimes are perpetrated perpetrated in urban centers by black assailants on black victims. Hear what I said? I don't care what you're hearing in the media. What they're saying is a lie. The huge proportion of murders, homicides in urban areas are done by black people against black people. Sad to say, that's what the truth is. 30% of women purchasing firearms now are black urban residents to protect themselves. And recently we just saw there was a bunch of break-ins in the, in the uh, really nice uh, hills of Oakland where the nice homes are up there. And there were a lot of black, black people living up there. And they said, we're packing. They're, we're packing up here. Black women are actually the fastest growing gun owner demographic. That's the truth. And if you think, oh, blacks are against cops being in their neighborhood or guns being in their neighborhood, that's just the exact opposite. What we have is leftist cadres of wealthy, white, privileged suburban women attempting to dictate to mostly poor urban black women what they can and can't do to defend themselves. So. We've talked about this before. Given the fact, I, I get a kick out of it on Facebook. I'll watch people, women, uh, adult women, married women, women that have children, all having wine glasses. I, I never was into wine, and I just, and most, a lot of women that I've grown up with, they, they take pictures of themselves with wine in their hand. They're winos call them winos i guess they like to get a buzz on with wine at night and so it's a real popular thing with white suburban demo demo ladies and they're all concerned about the other people but they like to have bottles of wine around chardonnay and all the other time other the things 
Now, if we really wanted to save people and be more safe, we would ban alcohol use by every citizen in the United States. We've already tried that once. I know it didn't work. I'm not I'm just making I, I'm making a point. I'm not I'm not on a rant or I'm not trying to start a movement. But alcohol abuse by some citizens causes far more deaths than firearms ever dreamed of causing because the media doesn't report it because it's accepted and everybody likes to get a buzz on. According to the latest CDC annual mortality data, 140,000 people died from alcohol-related causes in one year. More than five times, that's more than five times the number of people that have been murdered. Drunk drivers are responsible for 28 deaths each day. And notably, it is estimated that alcohol is also a key factor in at least 30% of homicides involving firearms. So you think, oh, firearms are the problem. No, maybe the person getting loaded on drugs or alcohol was. If you include drugs into that, the the effect on homicides is at 60%. People were under the influence, 6 out of 10 homicides. We'll be right back. We got uh, a third segment coming up. if you live alone i would wear a mask in the house especially in the shower because frankly droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet infecting them with covid through the anus uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening but probably not i would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future hello everyone we're told that we have to be nice to the rainbow alphabet people because they're marginalized if only they were our kids would be safer how marginalized are they? Well, they're so marginalized, they fly a flag of allegiance for a month every year that every institution and large corporation obediently adopts and rubs in our faces. That's how marginalized they are. A flag under which alphabet activists masquerading as teachers expose children to poisonous gender ideology, queer theory and sexual pornography in the name of education. Mentally ill men dressed as caricatures of women sexually groom children right in front of our eyes and every paedophile in the Western world now feels as if they've won the lottery. That's how marginalised they are and they're so far up their own fundament they can't even see how damaging this behaviour is. They are killing public support for their cause. This is such a serious blunder. These people had already been accepted 
as an eccentric fringe element of society, which is the best they could reasonably hope for, since they are a small eccentric minority, exasperating us with their idiot pronouns and fantasy gender nonsense. You see, when gay people won their battle for equality, many of them simply wanted to be left alone to get on with their lives in peace. So the movement was taken over by ideologues, exhibitionists and assorted perverts and freaks who adopted the fantasy concept of gender and then played the victim when people resisted having it rammed down their throat. And for this they were not only indulged but positively celebrated to a quite ridiculous degree which unfortunately created an inflated sense of entitlement that just got the better of them and they gave the game away by coming for the children. Now. People are paying attention and everything has changed. How on earth did you think this would be okay, you demented freaks? You had everything going for you. Nobody cared about your niche sexuality. Nobody cared if you wanted to parade around in a fairy costume and call yourself the Queen of Sheba until you came for the kids. You couldn't just say, we've been accepted, we're all over the culture like a rash, hooray for us. No, that wasn't enough. You just had to come for the kids and that is such a shame because now what we see is not eccentricity, diversity or difference. What we see is evil and we intend to put a stop to it because we know what's coming next if we don't. You're already trying to legitimise paedophiles by calling them minor attracted persons, as if it's simply another sexual preference and not a criminal perversion, where the damage it would do to a child's emotional development, well, that simply isn't part of the equation. After all, it's not about the children, is it? It's all about you, as it always is with you rainbow alphabet creeps. All you had to do was keep your hands off the kids, but you just couldn't do it as that would ruin everything, since clearly that was the plan all along. Sexualise them young, pervert them young, get them away from their parents' influence so you can poison their minds before their minds have had a chance to fully form. And when parents object, you smear them as far-right extremists, conspiracy theorists. You accuse them of hate, as if you are somehow the victim here, and as if you have a perfect right to debauch and corrupt the minds of their children which only shows how completely divorced from reality you people are. In truth, it is partly our own fault that things have been allowed to go this far, as we foolishly humoured your preposterous narcissism against our better judgement for far too long. But now that you've finally exposed yourselves in more ways than one, yeah, thanks for that, it's time to get back in your box, you perverts. You've indulged your perversion a step too far, and you've burst your own bubble, you disgusting degenerates. You've crossed a red line, and there is no going back. Now millions of parents have seen what you are. You have violated our trust. You have lost all our sympathy for your mental illness, and you and your flag, you have lost our support. Your predatory behaviour has stigmatised and alienated gay people, many of whom don't want to be associated with that toxic rainbow flag anymore because of what it has come to represent. Once widely accepted as a symbol of emancipation, it's now seen as a symbol of depravity and evil. It's the groomer's flag, the paedophile's flag, and it carries as much moral weight as a swastika. So the game is up, groomer and the party is over. Our tolerance and our indulgence that you exploited have been withdrawn.
Now your ugly minority freak show can revert to its true status and its rightful place, right back in that grubby little cultural backwater you crawled out of, where you will be marginalised, permanently marginalised, and deservedly so. Take the children and yourself and hide out in the cellar. Now the fighting will be close at hand. Don't believe the church and state and everything they tell you. Believe in me, I'm with a high command. All right. Well, when you need uh, someone to come in, I had a uh, next door, I had a where I lived, the, the apartments. Uh, I thought they were going to fix these apartments up. They've kind of run down, and they've been uh, – they didn't go as far as I thought they were going to do, and I, they started uh, ejecting water out this pipe out of the apartments. Uh, it was gray water. It was backing up and coming out and rolling into my yard. So uh, I had to deal with a lot of government people and uh, my friends. Some of my plumbing friends helped me solve that and I can't get in all the gory details because I don't want to waste my time on this show about that but I'm telling you that it isn't a day goes by that a plumbing uh, truck of some sort doesn't come every single day multiple times a day plumbers are going up and down the street in my re in my uh, rural uh, excuse me in my downtown area which is an old area of uh, my city maybe in new areas you don't have so many problems but we're in an old area so I see Thrifty Rooter trucks all over the place. And uh, Thrifty Rooter, uh, you can reach them in many counties up here in the North State. I'm in Yuba, Sutter counties. But Nevada, Calusa, Butte, uh, even over into the city of Lincoln, which is a big city in the, the county of Placer to the uh, uh, south of us. Thrifty Rooter's operating over there. ThriftyRooter.net, they're really easy to get to. You can just go online on your phone or your tablet. Go to ThriftyRooter.net. You can see all the services that they provide because they're just not an urban plumber. They're also a rural plumber where they go out there and deal with the septic systems and pump tanks and fix, you know, sort out leach fields and, and uh, repair pipes going into those uh, septic systems, etc., etc. So uh, they are can handle a diversification of problems, a variety of problems. So you can reach them by their off their uh, internet site, thriftyrooter.net, and just type them a memo and just shoot it over and give them your basic information. They'll come right over. Or you can dial them up old school at 530-673-8201, 530-673-8201. Also, if you've got some legal needs, like I was talking about downloading that paperwork, that's legal paperwork. Uh, you don't need Nelly Garcia at North Valley Paralegal for that, but if you ever need uh, some, I thought I was going to need some legal help with my my apartment complex next door. I couldn't get him to respond to me. I was trying. I was being a really nice person, and I thought I'm going to have to do a cease and desist order or something like that, telling people, "Hey, you're you're flooding me out over here, dude. That ain't cool." So sometimes when you're dealing with stuff, and you just need to get your legal life in order. Maybe you have an older person in your life and, and they say, hey, well, I want to put you on my checking account in case something happens to me or 
I want to do a power of attorney in case something happens to me or I need to do this or I need to do that. We need to sort out our property lines, you know, whatever it is, it's just doing business in Western society in 2023. You need sometimes you need a little help. And so North Valley Paralegal, Nellie Garcia, can do that for you. She's really easy to get a hold of in Yuba City, uh, but she works all up and down the North State. Uh, you can call her and have her. In fact, I had one of our listeners uh, contact me, and they got a hold of her there down in Florida. They used to live here. They're a refugee, left the area for Florida, fled to Florida, but they had some legal dealings. They needed to tidy up up here, and Nellie handled it for them. So North Valley Paralegal, 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. And that is uh, in Yuba City, right off Highway 20. I'm going to give you the phone number. Ready? 530-751-9289. Okay. Where am I here? Okay, okay, okay. Um. I wanted to mention to you that the Epoch Times that uh, this last week's it says uh, there's a section called Bay Area and Beyond. Maybe all of you don't get this because I'm out here in California. Bay Area and Beyond means the San Francisco Bay Area, we call it. And in that little section, it says several California counties are returning to mask mandates for health workers, according to officials. I'm not going to do the whole thing, I'm, but I, I've been saying this. I'm not prophetic. Anybody that's following this could have figured this out. I'm nothing special. Uh, so uh, the city, the counties of Contra Costa, these are all Bay Area, Bay Area counties, Contra Costa, Sonoma, Alameda, and San Mateo counties, all issued ma- mask orders for health care staff in hospitals and other care facilities. Now, there there's not one study that says that masks are helpful. Every study says masks are, are a problem for your health. So uh, anyway, I, I would just I've been telling you that what what we were put through under COVID was just a predecessor to trying to get us to conform and change our lives to uh, let people at the top end of our society, manage our lives for us. So in, in anticipation of that, we produced last year, not last year, but during COVID, during the COVID years, we produced a, an 11 by 17 beautiful um, sign that has a picture of the Constitution, American flag, and eagle head. It's, very, it's done very graphically pleasing. Uh, And it says at the top, as free Americans, we will not comply with unconstitutional medical or political mandates that violate our basic rights. That's all it says. Let me say it one more time. As free Americans, we will not comply with unconstitutional medical medical or political mandates that violate our basic rights. That covers everything from jabs to standing six feet apart to not being uh, able to travel around, to not be able to have your business opened, all those, they violate our basic rights. This doesn't say anything that's contrary to the law. This is, everything's based on the Constitution. If you happen to know much about the Constitution, if there's any law, the Founding Fathers said if there's any law or rule that politicians make up, 
that is repugnant. It's an interesting word, repugnant to the Constitution. We don't have to follow it. So these signs are available that we made them to put in the front doors and front windows of businesses. And you could actually put one in the front window of your house. I have a no trespassing sign in the front window of my house with all the codes on why you can't come on my property without a warrant. So if you'd like one of these, now if you're not from this area, we could probably email you the uh, PDF for it, the, where you could print it out on a printer and like at your local copy store, or you could print it out at home and you could laminate it. This one I'm holding in my hand is beautiful. It's gorgeous and it's laminated and so it'll last a long time. And, and many stores put these up in their windows during the baloney with COVID and told people, Hey, you don't need a mask in here. If you want to wear a mask, wear it. But if you don't need you we're not requiring a mask. Other people said you can't come in here without a mask. I mean, you can't come in here with a mask. So uh, if you want one of these and you're in the Yuba Sutter area or close to Yuba Sutter, you go to Church of Glad Tidings at 1179 Eager Road. That's in Yuba City, right off Highway 99. And you could go in there from Tuesday through Friday from 8 to 4 and ask for one of these we will not comply signs. That's what I would call it. The we will not comply signs. And they will give you one. And uh, no charge. They'll give you one for no charge. And if you want one of those no trespassing signs that are like a yard sign, like a political yard sign, so you could stick them in your yard. Or I just put mine inside my front window. Uh, and it's just it's uh, it says, do not trespass. And then it gives the codes. And so it forewarns anybody that that may not your friends, your friends know better. They can come. But it forewarns anybody that's got other business with you and think they can just walk on your property and do business. You're saying you can't do that here. Don't even be coming here. And we created those. I think we created a thousand of those during covid to warn people. Don't come here asking to put the jab in my arm. Don't come here uh, trying to serve me with a bunch of nonsense. Okay, so we got the uh, we will not comply signs. And then if you want to no trespass signs, uh, you can you can uh, shoot me a text five, three, zero, seven, one, three, one, eight, three, eight. No trespass signs. All I have them in hard copy. I might be able to find the lady that uh, did the design and send it out to you. If you want to text me, I'll, I'll check into that for you. What we're trying to do is tell the government up here in Northern California, which is north of Contra Costa, Sonoma, Alameda, San Mateo. We're trying to tell the government up here, we're not going for it. Don't even be able to, don't be thrown down on those mandates. We're going to tell them when they walk around town, we're going to say, we will not comply with that. We're going to tell you ahead of time. Okay. So we're just giving you a heads up on the same thing. So, uh, okay. That's, that's that. Um, so I just want to go back here one more time and just say the vast majority of alcohol users possess and use it legally and responsibly. Do you think that's true? I think probably that's true. My dad did. My dad drank every single day in the evening, and he, he drank legally and responsibly. Do I think it was good for the family, him getting a little buzz on every night? It would have been better, a family, if he hadn't, but it, it, uh, he was a good father and a good companion. Said likewise, the vast majority of firearm owners possess and use firearms legally and responsibly. 
So enacting a prohibition on firearms is tantamount to enacting a prohibition on alcohol. In both cases, only law-abiding users are penalized while others ignore the law. That's why prohibition was a great a disaster. And it created lots, 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 lots of crime. And people died over the deal, killing over, like, drug dealing. Uh, but I'll tell you that uh, if you know any firefighters— and you and they know much about the demographics and the culture and all that stuff going on. Uh, they will tell you that drunk drivers and drugged drivers are responsible for a huge number of auto deaths and homicides. Sixty percent of homicides are committed when people are under the influence of either alcohol or drugs. So it's it's uh, something else to think about. Guns are not the issue, folks, but they're they're a a, a tidy target to uh, get political donations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, let me do this one more. This has this is related to COVID, and this is very sad. Uh, a guy stood up during one of our COVID conferences. A father. And he said, my son, who was a top Air Force recruit, he was in the Air Force. He'd been through basic and he had a job with the Air Force and he was highly touted Air Force guy doing great. And he would not take the jab. And so they said, you're out. They kicked him out. And they ended up because his uh, superior officers liked him so much. He was such a great, uh, a great servant in the United States Air Force, they gave him a, uh, I don't know whether they got an honorable, but they did not give him a dishonorable discharge. So they introduced him at the conference at our, at the church I attend. And I was saddened. I went up and talked to him afterwards, how saddened I was that we lost the benefits of his service because of something so stupid. I have other, other friends that had just retired from the Air Force, and they took the jab because they were going to lose their entire retirement for over 20 years of service. And I'm so afraid for her because she's a young mother who, uh, I mean, she's a mother that wants to have other children. They have one child, and I'm afraid what's going to happen to her because he took the jab. And so uh, we just hired a guy at the church I attend who— was uh, thrown out of the Air Force, another guy, second guy, uh, because he or he left the Air Force because he would not take the jab. They said, leave or get the jab. He, he left, and so he's a very, very bright guy, wonderful guy and his wife, brand-new baby, and he made the right decision, although it was terrible for the country. So now we have a guy named Rogan. Uh, sorry, that's not his name. I can't find his name right offhand. Anyway, this guy, he's a 24-year-old Navy vet discharged due to myocarditis. So it says six U.S. senators have sent a formal letter to the department or the VA, Veterans Affairs, wanting an inquiry into the department's policy of denying disability claims for injuries caused by the jab. So thousands and thousands, thousands were kicked out of the military. Thousands took the jab, right? Everybody else took the jab. So conservative senators Steve Daines, Montana, Tom Cotton, Arkansas, Rick Scott, Florida, Marco Rubio, Florida, Ted Cruz, Texas, Mike Braun, 
Indiana have taken a collective stand to ensure that veterans are adequately compensated for vaccine-related injuries. Uh, Rogan Hanley, O'Hanley, posted about a 24-year-old Navy veteran who suffered from myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, following the Moderna COVID-19 shot. Despite the young man's application for disability, the VA contested the claim on the grounds that his condition was not service-related. You know, these people just piss me off. My friend Rick Carlson, when he came back from Vietnam, it wasn't too long, a year or two after he got a lot of lumps on his back. And during Vietnam, he had lumps on his back because they were spraying them almost daily with Agent Orange. And uh, he got the lumps cut off his back over there, but they didn't ever test them to see whether they were malignant. Here they tested him. They were malignant. He was dead four months after they detected the uh, lumps. We tried to get some compensation because of Agent Orange, and they just blew everybody off back in the 19... Uh, late 60s, early 70s. And uh, so uh, this writer reported an encounter at the gym where he met 24-year-old Navy veteran uh, who was forced to take the Moderna vaccine as a part of the Biden regime mandate. And now he's out of the Navy because he's too sick to serve. And he's not getting any benefits. So how did he, how did anybody win on this? We lost a service member and he can't even get any way to make a living. Uh, I had a picture of this guy here, but I was looking for his name, but it's not necessary. It says thousands of service members were discharged from the service as a result of refusing to jab. Some service members received the jab to maintain. Anyway, I'm just going to go on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm just going to tell you this is what's going on. Just people are just liars and hypocrites and jerks in our government. Question is, what is the VA's process for considering COVID-19 vaccine injuries for disability claims? Number two, this is what the senators wrote and are asking. Does the VA consider COVID-19 vaccine injuries as service-related if the service member received the vaccine during service? Number three, has the VA investigated the health effects of COVID-19 vaccine injuries? Number four, what resources do the VA provide service members who are concerned that a COVID-19 vaccine led to their injury. So some of you may have uh, young ones or some of you may be in the military and uh, you're sick or now you've had to exit out because, because, and there is going to be a fight on over this. And I believe that the uh, damaged veterans will prevail because this is a crime against humanity. These health officers, these supervisors, in the counties, over 3,000 counties in the United States, that and these uh, superior officers in the uh, branches of the military are going to be held accountable for this. And uh, the benefits are going to come your way. It may take a fight, but already we have a half dozen of the 100 senators representing the uh, constituents of the United States. So uh, there's that.
it's it's a sad situation. I, I can't even believe uh, this Lloyd Austin, who is the head of our military, is disgusting. That dude is disgusting. Uh, what a wimp. And I'd say it's such a pitiful representative of black America. I was hoping for a, a really heroic guy, uh, a wonderful leader, and he's not a wonderful leader. And, and the fact that he's black uh, it doesn't make it worse. I just felt it would be great to have a great black leader uh, help our country. And it, the guy is just a total uh, Democrat dog. That's what he is. We're going to end this. This is the second half, uh, the first half of the show. We're going to have a second half coming right up. Check out these clips, and we'll be right back uh, to uh, have a fast pace to the end. Three more segments. in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. We will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants. But we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. As president, I will once again stand strongly with the state of Israel, and we will cut off the money to the terrorists on day one. And reimpose the travel ban on terror-afflicted Countries, I had a travel ban. You know, we think of it. I don't, I don't like talking about it, but now I can because the time is up. I went four years without a problem. Four years because I had a travel ban. And the Islamic terrorists weren't allowed. It was very tough for them. I had a very strong travel ban. We didn't have a problem in four years. People forget that. People forget what happened before I was there. We had a big, big problem. But the bloodshed and killing that we saw this week will never, ever be allowed to happen on American soil, except for the fact that we have now allowed tens of thousands of probable terrorists into our country. We have people coming, men, coming in from China by the thousands. Men, not women, men, coming in by the thousands. We have men coming in from the Middle East by the thousands and thousands, and they let them come in, just come right in. There's something going on, and we've got to be careful. We need smart leadership. If we don't have smart leadership, we're not going to have a country any longer. Less than four years ago, we had peace in the Middle East with the historic Abraham Accords. Today, we have an all-out war in Israel, and it's going to spread very quickly. What a difference a president makes. Isn't it amazing, though? 
Think what a country, just think about this. Think what our country would have been like if the election had not been rigged and stolen. Rick, think of this, just think of this. Israel would not now be under attack, zero chance. These are things 100%. Ukraine would not be under attack by Russia, zero chance. Places being wiped out, by the way, wiped out. It's unbelievable. The cities are just obliterated. Then they say two people were hurt. When you find the real death toll that's happening in Ukraine, you're not going to believe it. The numbers are horrible. We would have no hostile relationship with North Korea. I get along with Kim Jong-un very well. A lot of nuclear weapons. We would have left Afghanistan with dignity, strength, and power instead of the worst embarrassment in the history of our country with dead soldiers, American hostages not taken back. And we left $85 billion worth of military equipment for the Taliban to have lots of fun with. And they're selling much of it. There's third largest merchant in the whole world of, of military equipment. They're selling, think of it, number three in the world, they're selling the equipment that we stupidly left behind. These are stupid people, very stupid people. We would have a strongest border. And by the way, in Afghanistan, I spoke to Abdul, the head of the Taliban. The press went crazy when they heard that. And I said, Abdul, never, ever kill any of our soldiers again. 18 months we went. I said, a lot more than that. 18 months we went. Not one soldier was killed in Afghanistan. Not one soldier. 18 months. Biden even said that in his speech. Well, for 18 months, they didn't lose. 18 months, we didn't lose us. They were knocking them out with, with uh, you, nobody's ever seen anything like it during Obama. They were knocking them out. I told him, don't ever do it. He said, but why, but why do you send me it's an interesting phrase, but why, but why do you send me a picture of my home? I said, you have to figure that one out. But I said, we'll hit you harder than anybody's ever been hit. But the same people that attacked Israel are pouring into our once beautiful USA throughout our totally open southern border. They're coming in at record levels. And they're planning, I don't know, maybe they're planning. Are they planning an attack at our homeland? I mean, I guess maybe that could happen, couldn't it, huh? Who would have thought what you have witnessed for the last two days? So I said, how do I get rid of these raccoons in my deck? He said, do you want to do it the easy way or the hard way? That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> let's start with easy, huh? He goes, all right, all you got to do is pull a little wolf urine out there. <laughs> this is the easy way. Is <laughs> wolf urine. I said, I'm terrified of a raccoon. You want me to hunt down a wolf and get its urine somehow? He goes, no, you idiot, you just buy some. I think we're going to different stores. <laughs> I've never been at the Walmart checkout line. I'll get a Milky Way and some wolf urine while I'm here. I go, where do you buy it at? He goes, I know a guy. I don't know if I'm trying to buy unregulated, just hand-jarred wolf urine from a stranger. And then what, I just walk out there like a priest, just. My hands were steady, my eyes were clear and bright. My walk had purpose, my steps were quick and light. And I held firm to what I felt was right, like a rock. Like a rock. 
All right, welcome back. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to live, uh, sorry, not live with Lou, but no hostages radio. And uh, this is our uh, fourth segment of six, so it's the second half of the show. And uh, it's brought to you by uh, Peachtree Health, Dr. Joe Cassidy. He doesn't own it. He just works there, and he's the main figure I'm interested in because we partner on helping people get off the streets and getting their life back due to addiction. So uh, he works out at Peachtree Health, and our goal is he's a specialist in addiction, and I'm a specialist in just helping people get to where get what they want. So uh, I'm going to give you three phone numbers. I'm going to give you Peachtree Health because we want you to go and check in with him, get checked over, and he's going to recommend what he thinks you need to get you back on your game and, and get you set free from whatever's got a hold on you, whatever stronghold you have. So whether you got fentanyl issues or general opiate issues or you're taking trank or you're taking meth or or alcohol or tobacco, he can help you. So here's Peachtree Health's number. Ready? 749-3242. These are all 530 area codes, okay? 530-749-3242. Sometimes the backup on that line is ferocious and it's a pain in the rear. If you don't have time to have a pain in the rear, then you could call Doc's cell phone. You can text it, actually. Please just text it during the day. If you don't have the ability to text, then I'm going to give you my number and you could call me. But his text number is 530-682-8648. Just give him a text during the day. Put in your name, addiction, and your phone number, 682-8648. So for everybody else, or if you just you he doesn't respond fast enough you know once he's working he's seeing patient after patient after patient he can't stop to answer your text right then but you can always get a hold of me seven days a week night or day call or text at my number 530-713-1838 713-1838 my name's lou if you forget the number if you forget my name no worry or if you botch my name i don't really care just get the number right, 530-713-1838. Text or call. Please leave the text or you can leave your name. Uh, I will get back to you. I don't I don't screen calls. I'm on the other line doing business. So just give me a shot and I'll get you hooked up, okay? So if you uh, occasionally I get in a, and my car has a problem, I, I drive my cars quite a few years. I don't buy new cars all the time. And so I, I just keep repairing them. Sometimes I get in a crash. Sometimes a part just breaks. And um, when I need some auto body work done, I go to Allen's Auto Body. That's where Kevin Clark is the main dude. But he's partnering up with his wife, Carrie, and his sons. They all work there. And Allen's Auto Body is, is located on Sutter Street in Yuba City. And uh, uh, you can reach him at 530-671-1057, 671-1057. If you get on Sutter Street and go over to the cross street of Tea Garden, uh, you'll see a super bright yellow building. That's them, Allen's Auto Body, and you can just check them out. Also, uh, I maybe failed to mention that Peachtree Health is in the Yuba-Sutter County's area. And uh, if, if you're from another county, it, it's no big deal. If you want to use Doc Cassidy, if you're from a surrounding county I don't mention and you want to pop over here, uh, just make an appointment. And, and he works sometimes. He'll work in Sutter County. Sometimes he'll work in Yuba County at one of their outlets, Peachtree Health. And he doesn't care where you're from. 
So if you can't find a guy that can help you or a gal that can help you where you're from, you just don't know your way around, you want to come on up here, it's no big deal. Just get it on. Okay? All right. So let's get back to the action here. And, uh, okay, I was talking about military folks, the terrible things that are happening to military folks. Now, one of the, one of the scams, one of the many scams that happened in, uh, with the COVID con COVID, uh, the COVID fraud was people tapped into money that they didn't deserve. So a lot of people tapped into, uh, COVID money that they didn't deserve. They tapped into uh, unemployment money. They didn't deserve people in prison, got money, billions of dollars were fraudulently given out. So John Kupal, who was the president of the uh, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, wrote an article. He writes quite a few articles. They're always good. They're really easy to read, and they always are chock full of great information. So the title of this article is California is Leading the Way in Medicaid Abuse. If you've heard of these terms like Medi-Cal, Medicare, Medicaid, and are totally confused, me too. So... In California, we have a thing called Medi-Cal, you know, California, Cal. So what we call Medicaid over here in California is Medi-Cal. So where you are, uh, it would be Medicaid. There's a huge corruption in Medicaid, and I'm going to explain it to you. Uh, John Kupal is an attorney. He's very sharp. I said, according to estimates from National Healthcare Anti-Fraud Association, American taxpayers are losing more than $100 billion. These are our tax dollars, people. No, no wonder we're so screwed up in this. We're totally screwed up in this country. We're losing more than $100 billion a year to Medicare and Medicaid fraud. In California, where the Medicaid program, as I mentioned, is referred to as Medi-Cal, there is little incentive, incentive to address waste, fraud, and abuse in the handling of billions in federal funding. I'm telling you, these things are easy to scam if you're really up to no good. You want you, I know a lot of you good people out there think, wow, I wonder how they do it. Well, you, you know, you don't have a deviant mind. Says so with Medi-Cal, it now appears that California's sloppiness is by design as there are perverse incentives to actually expand abuses. Here's some background. You've heard of Social Security. The Social Security Act mandates, insists, that Medicaid's eligibility guidelines include verification of assets, verification of income, and employment status. In other words, you just can't go out and collect it. You have to qualify. But amid the chaos of COVID pandemic, emergency measures were enacted and Medicaid enrollment was facilitated without the use. They just waived verification of all the eligibility so they just said you want it you can have it just incredible and the government did that in so many areas and i'm going to tell you one and even our supervisors benefited uh medicaid's suspension of eligibility determination protocols like asset verification was similar listen to this very closely was similar to what happened with the small business association Fraud-riddled paycheck protection program, PPP program. Pay first, verify later. 
Now, some of your supervisors in Yuba Sutter counties, you can ask them if you want. Did you get it? Because I know that Matt Conant get it, got it in Sutter County. I would be shocked. I, I, would, be, I, I, would, I would have to hold a pillow to see if I'm going to fall on it if Dan Flores didn't get it. He gets everything. He's got his hand in every, every honey pot in, the, in the, uh, the government. I heard that, that uh, Ziegenmeyer, Mike, Mike Ziegenmeyer, got over $300,000 in PPP money. This guy is a major, these people are major business owners. I'm surprised if every supervisor didn't get PPP money. And they are also getting paid as a supervisor. Says as well, John says, while millions of people kept their health care, it was at a cost of hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars lost to fraud and waste. Now that the Medicaid recipients have re-entered the workforce, right? Why should they get Medicaid if they're working? A major beneficiary of lenient Medicaid eligibility standards appear to be the insurance companies. There's always some independent company that's scamming the government because the government's easy to be scammed. The insurance companies get a per-member fee per month from the American taxpayers because of loose eligibility. Private insurers encouraging, they encourage lack Medicaid eligibility requirements is fast becoming a budgetary emergency, not just for California's Medi-Cal program, but nationally. Now, you heard me probably say earlier, if you're paying attention, that California, Gavin Newsom, got a waiver to not comply with the eligibility for California. And that's very unusual because now listen to what they're saying. The Louisiana Department of Health spent $112 million on Medicaid coverage for nearly 14,000 adults who don't even live in the state. Do you hear what I said? They spent $112 million on people that don't even belong to their state. That sounds like what we do with illegal aliens. How did they know that? Because their state did a legislative audit. Do you think we're doing any audits over here in California? Things are so out of control in California, they don't dare want to do an audit. Kupal says simply verifying someone's address would have solved the loss of $112 million. Just asking people, oh, what's your address? And verifying that would have solved, saved $112 million. That's how much they lost in fraud, not how much they spent. Insurance companies don't view this as their problem. You think, oh, the insurance companies that they wanted to be righteous about their claims, maybe they're not going to pay out if they're not in Louisiana. So Kupal says, now that the pandemic has subsided, Medicaid is under a statutory obligation to enforce eligibility verification again. Without it, taxpayers will be handing thousands of dollars per person to insurance companies for people who have access to other health plans. In other words, they're supposed to get their Medicaid, Medi-Cal, Medicare is for, for the elderly the disabled or people that don't have a plan. They're so poor, they're they're out of work, but 
They need to be covered with some kind of basic blanket policy. I'm, I'm telling you people that our founding fathers said, you don't want big government. It will destroy you. It will destroy you. I want to give you the address of a website that is constantly bringing fresh news and trying to keep you up to date with the crazy stuff that's affecting you. And it's freedomco.net. Freedomco.net. It stands for Freedom Coalition Network, started in Northern California during COVID to expose the lies and corruption in government and try to keep people from damaging themselves by being nice citizens. It's called freedomco.net. Does nothing on there costs any money. You can print things off. You can read things there. You can watch videos there. A lot of good things. The same forms. A lot of times I'll read about forms here that you can go here, go to hjta.org, go to reformcalifornia.com, da da da. Uh, a lot of a lot of times I'll have the same exact things over there at freedomco at freedomco.net. Okay, I'm just looking here and just I always get my websites a little goofy. So uh <coughs> uh, yeah okay all right so we got about six minutes here so let's just move forward uh california so that's john cupal by the way if you're a californian every californian should belong to howard jarvis taxpayers association you can join i think for as little as 25 dollars and i've been a, a member for years and and this is one of those deals where it's just not a good cause. It's actually saving you thousands, maybe thousands of dollars a year in savings of property taxes. So the more of us that join together with our 10, 20, 30, 40 dollars, you can send them more money. I send them more money because they save me a lot of money. And uh, if you go to hjta.org, hjta.org, and and they'll have a donation spot there, and they uh, they will send you. I'm I'm looking at it right here. They will send you. I think it's a quarterly or every two months. I think it's a seasonal. This is the fall 2023 edition, and it is a great. It's like a news. It's a news small newspaper, but it just has stuff about what they're doing, and they're doing a lot. And it's something you you will actually enjoy reading cover to cover, and it's not cost. It, they're not going to charge you for it. So just for the price of you, the basic belonging, they want you involved in that and know what's going on. And uh, you can you can be a member. I'm sure if you're not in the ca uh, California as well, and you could learn a lot because uh, you can learn what's going on in California. What's going on, good or bad, in California usually gets exported to other parts of the United States. And uh, so I wanted to just give a shout out about that. Okay, we got about four minutes. I wanted to start this. Uh, we had Doug Frank, who is a math genius <clears throat> here, because he's been uh, investigating county after county after county. Every week he's at multiple counties in the United States. He's flying all over the United States speaking. 
and discussing how to make our elections reliable again. So uh, if you're under the assumption that Yuba Sutter elections were accurate, you're you're wrong. And uh, the supervisor, just because they're not uh, alarmed, uh, they don't really care beyond them getting elected. So uh, so we're going to have to to bring some uh, requests to them pretty soon. And uh, while we are getting organized to do that, something happened up in Nevada County, just across the line from Yuba County up in the foothills of the United of uh, the um, California and uh, Yuba County was known as a center of the gold rush. So was Nevada County. And so what happened up there is a, a woman back in 2021 went before uh, her name's Amy young went before the Nevada County supervisors. First, she went, went before the uh, County clerk of elections and put in a request for some, for some records and uh, from voting records, digital ballot images, audit logs, tabulator tapes, and cast vote records. The, uh, the, the, the clerk, county clerk, elections clerk, just blew her off. Just said, ain't going to do that. After repeated denials from county officials, Young took her grievances to the Board of Supervisors as a last resort. And I watched her plea before the board. It's, it's recorded. She's a very polite person, much more kind and less stern than I would be. I thought, wow, she's a very nice person. I want to get, you know, and I'm probably going to call her up. She's a, a wonderful person and she's a smart person. So uh, the board says in the, uh, the article in the, uh, uh, the, the news magazine I read it out of, uh, said the Board of Supervisors was either uninterested in Young's request or were moving too slow. So on August 12, 2022, just two months after addressing her Board of Supervisors, but only one week before the election records could lawfully be destroyed, Young filed a petition for a writ of mandamus and requested an injunction to preserve the in-question records. In other words, you can't, she wanted a court order to say you can't, you can't destroy those records. The county finally turned over the cast vote records that had been requested, but was still refusing to hand over the other records. Uh, Despite San Francisco County publicly posting many of these records, Nevada County officials claimed these records were exempt from Public Records Act requests, despite having any identifiable information on them. After five months of litigation, the court ordered Nevada County to hand over a sample of an audit log Young requested. The judge also allowed the county to redact any information and submit a generic description of the redacted stuff. In other words, he he said, okay, uh, maybe some of this is top top secret or sensitive and you just can't give it out. But what the, the county clerk did is redacted everything on page after page after page, just blacked out the whole cotton picking page. Young countered by submitting the audit logs from Stanislaus County. In other words, she got logs just like what she was asking from Stanislaus County and said, if they can do it, how come we can't do it? And they use identical voting machines to show the anonymity and anonymity of the data, etc. To prove her point. Now I'm going to uh, we we're coming up to a break here, 
And so I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to tell you what happened, which is, which is really good news. Be right back. strange at my old alma mater they're changing things that they might not order you can just call me an old fuddy-duddy i guess <laughs> but they threw out teaching the abcs added crt and new biology and you can't deny all the amazing progress especially since bubba changed his name to charlene <laughs> went out and joined the girls swimming team yeah, they won every race, broke every record in the state. So now we're making him homecoming queen. And since Bubba changed his name to Charlene, we're now seeing things not meant to be seen. No matter how you slice it, it's hard to keep his business private. Since Bubba's changed his name to Charlene and went out and joined the girls' swimming team. If we continue in this pursuit, we'll need to rethink those bathing suits. They've been getting skimpier for years, and that's got to stop. No more swimming suits by Christian Dior. That's just not going to work anymore. We need a lot more fabric at the bottom now than on the top. Since Bubba changed his name to Charlene, yeah, went out and joined the girls' swimming team. Well, they won every race, broke every record in the state. So now we're making him homecoming queen. The whole senior class is predominantly Caucasian, but this year they've decided to identify as Asian. It's not that they didn't want their white privilege anymore. <laughs> they just all thought that it might help their SAT scores. <laughs> and since Leroy changed his name to Louise, well, we win girls wrestling championships with ease. Yeah, while it's a great step forward, Costume failures can be awkward. Since Leroy changed his name to Louise. Hey, coach, is there anything you want to change? 
I mean, I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell that. Everybody's like, football's a team game. Okay, it's not a team game. Okay, I did my part. All right, I put in a great game plan. I mean, these players—they're horrible. These my players are no good. I mean, everybody's like, no excuses. No, I got, you know what? I got 22 excuses. 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our offensive coordinator is terrible. He gets half of his plays off of Madden rookie mode. I mean, the guy is no good. In our offensive line, it's like Obama's immigration policy: let everybody through. Do we have a chance next week? No, we don't. We're 0 and 8. We're not good at football. I got three white receivers. Our red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. Our quarterback, look at the playbook. We put in plays for Peyton Manning. He plays like Cooper Manning. I mean, the guy's just not good at football. No credit to the other team, okay? The other team is awful. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. I put in the game plan. These kids can't execute. Third down, terrible. I know we need better players. I get it. We can't win with the product we got in the field here. Like, I'm down to Rick Patino, some guys if I need to, but not at this level. Well, I'm not going to jail for these kids. I mean, they're all talking in the locker room like, we're a team, we're in this together. No matter what happens, we're together. Like, not me, dude. I'm out of here. This team's terrible. All right, we're back. Lou Benninger here. And uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to All Power Services, my friend over there, Will Fanning, and, and his cohort, Josh James, and other workers are hiring on left and right. And they uh, All Power Services describes what they do. You know, sometimes there's names of businesses, and they don't describe what they do. You can't figure out Joe's something, and you say, no, what do they do? All Power Services is a... Uh, a service to the community that fixes any type of equipment or tools that are uh, that are powered. So if you've got a small tool, any kind of a tool like chainsaws, weed eaters, mowers, any kind of tools like that that you really depend on, other types of power tools, they will fix them. If they're broken, they got a short in them, something's wrong with them, they need to be sharpened, something, something. They fix them up and give them right back to you. Any kind of power tools. They'll even do power washers. They even do off-road vehicles and, and recreational uh, equipment. But they really, really do a great job on the small tool things. So sometimes you'll go in there and there'll be 20 or 30 chainsaws somebody just brought in for one of these big tree trimming companies. They get it on with that stuff. So uh, they're here in Yuba City, South Yuba City. If you want to reach out to them, they're at 1469 Stewart Road, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, off Highway 99. And uh, really easy, just go west off Highway 99 towards the Sutter Buttes Mountain Range. You can call them at uh, cell phone, text or call at 530-844-0347, 844-0347. Or you could do a landline. They just added a landline as a backup, 530-790-5100, 790-5100. All power services, those boys know how to fix stuff and get it back. Clean out your garage and uh, get all your broken stuff over there it's winter time you're not going to have to do so much work outside but uh, maybe you might it, to me i don't like to have broken stuff either get rid of it or fix it in most things you can fix it these boys can put you put you back in business 
Maybe you have a uh, small landscape operation, maintenance. They can keep you humming. They can keep you humming. So I was telling you about what was going on with uh, with Amy Young, who in December of 2021 put in a records request. And she got the same. The reason I focused on this, not because you're going to understand everything about voting records and electronic machines. This this jerking the citizens of every county around by government and government attorneys needs to stop. And they played games with her and they wouldn't give her what she wanted and where other counties were either posting it or other counties were either giving it up. And when and they just redacting things when other counties weren't redacting things is just jerking people around. And uh, so the interesting thing, this gal, the Nevada County Register of Voters was I don't know if she's still there, but she was Natalie Adona, A-D-O-N-A. And she just was jerking the woman around. Maybe she thought she she really believed she didn't have to do anything. But uh, when she handed over this page, all redacted to the court, it just pissed the court off. And so Amy brought in the Stanislaus sample of the same page, and it was all there, no redaction. And I have copies, right? I'm looking at copies right here. In response to Young's request for a court order to disclose the public records, Nevada County argued to the court that they did not possess the requested records and that Young was somehow an election denier and simply by making these requests for public records exposed the county officials' potential threats of violence by third parties. Baloney. People have a right to ask questions. The voters, the taxpayers, the citizens have a right to ask questions and to wonder about how things are going down. And the, and the employees of the citizens in government have a, have a responsibility to respond and not piss them off. At the conclusion of the litigation, the court ordered Natalie Adona, the Nevada County official charged with conducting elections, to release all the public records requested by Amy Young except for digital ballot images. After the court issued the order, Adona took to the airwaves to assert that the success of Young's lawsuit lawsuit against Nevada County resulted in the disclosure of boring documents. She mocked her by calling the documents boring. Young fervently fought for nearly two years. Some of you people get tired. Oh, I went to the supervisor's meeting and I just, you know, I just can't do it anymore. She went for two years and expended tens of thousands of dollars attempting to prevent the legal disclosure, uh, attempting to prevent the legal disclosure if the public records requested by Young were just boring documents. In other words, Young spent ten thousands of dollars uh, resisting. During the litigation, Nevada County Election Office stated that the court
stated to the court that ensuring fair elections is the most fundamental of government interest. Did you hear what I said? This Adona saying that that's our most fundamental role is ensuring fair elections. However, the Judge Pruitt agreed and added that the county's duty, listen to me now, is actually to conduct fair, not just fair elections, transparent elections. So the county clerk of Nevada County said, our job is to produce fair elections. Okay, how do we know it's fair? We don't know anything. If we ask a question, you have, you have a responsibility to produce transparency. That's what the judge said. The judge then gave the county until July 21, 23 to turn over all election records related to Young's request. On October 3rd, however, the judge also ruled that the county must pay $85,000 in legal fees and costs to Young, who spent a lot herself. Both, both sides spent a lot. So what's the county argue? You know what they argue? Oh, you just cost, the ca- you just cost our taxpayers lots. I hate it when they do that. You know why? Because they're hypocrites. The county is the most wasteful. The counties and state are the most wasteful entities. No business could afford to do business like the county or the city. They waste money. Money is is wasted every single day. Except when when the when the uh, citizens ask for something from the government and they don't want to do it, what do they use? Oh, you're wasting taxpayer dollars. These people are such liars. These people are so corrupt. So the article in the, it says a, the, where I got this, uh, where this uh, article was, was in the Gateway Pundit, P-U-N-D-I-T. You can find it there. On October 3rd, the judge ruled about the 85,000 said this is a bittersweet victory. On one hand, Young and her fellow Californians are now able to get the transparency guaranteed to them in the Calif- by California and U.S. law. But on the other hand, it cost her the potential of losing her legal fees. Right. In other words, Amy Young had to put out a lot of legal fees and costs if she was unsuccessful. And it also crippled the Nevada County taxpayers who will foot the bill, not only for the county's legal defense, but now for the plaintiff's cost as well. These costs could all have been avoided if the Board of Supervisors and the County Council had taken this issue seriously when, when I addressed them in public comment on June 14th, said Amy Young. I totally agree with Amy Young. I want to meet her. And I want to learn from her because I want to do the same thing down here in Yuba County and Sutter County. Gateway Pundit goes on to write at the end of this article that California has adopted AB 969. Newsom signed it. It's shameful. Because they did that in reaction to Shasta County's Board of Supervisors that voted to move to a hand-marked hand-counted paper ballot, all vote on the same day. They don't like that. What's the big deal to the state? All they're going to get is the results. Why do they care whether we're voting on leaves, papyra, paper? What do they care? You know what they care? They want to cheat. They want to manipulate the elections down there. 
So AB 969 essentially mandates that the county's use of state-certified election machines, uh, they have to use those to tally the votes, thus taking away the ability for a county to do a manual count unless it's got a population of of, uh, under 5,000. So there are some counties in Northern California that have less than 5,000 people and can, and so they said you could do paper ballots, but in Yuba County and Sutter County, we got more than 5,000. And so, but the supervisors here, I know aren't even thinking about going to paper ballots, but they cannot ensure that our votes are legit. They cannot. And, and they don't even care about it. They haven't even looked into it. They haven't held a hearing. You know, you know how the uh, you see all these hearings being held at the federal court level, the House of Representatives, the Senate. They'll hold hearings examining issues from climate change to opiate drugs to people lying. Why don't they hold a hearing <clears throat> examining the Dominion machine on on and answer all the questions that people have? Can it be manipulated and and bring in people on each side of the issue? There's people that say there's no question. It's 100% manipulable. You can manipulate all the time. A high school kid can manipulate it. It's connected to the Internet. Those are these are all things that were lied about during during the election. So I just applaud Amy Young who is a young woman. And I applaud her intelligence and her bulldoggedness and her willing to put out money. I don't know whether she put out her own money or there's a bunch of people who put money together, but I'm so pleased that somebody in Northern California stood up to a county clerk who arbitrarily, when other county clerks were being transparent, including San Francisco and Stanislaus, and she was being disrespectful, calling it boring information. Listen, when people are concerned about the veracity, the honesty, the truthfulness of elections, nothing is ever boring. It's the cornerstone of our world here. I asked my friends in Vietnam when, the, when these elections were screwed up over here. I said, you guys have elections over there still or ever? They said, really, Lou, kind of, but, but nobody, everybody knows they're fraudulent, so nobody votes. Nobody even bothers. We're controlled by this government, and uh, we don't even fuss with it. So that's the situation with, uh, with Amy. Amy Young, Nevada County, and I, I'm hoping we'll, uh, I can have some more discussions with her and to see what they found out from the information that they uh, glommed onto. Uh, Okay. I'm just looking here. We, we got a few minutes left. I want to uh, check out some things. There's an article in the same uh, COVID times. The COVID times is October 4th through October 10. And this is the Bay Area and beyond. So you may not be able to see it if you don't uh, subscribe to the West Coast version. But uh, what's going on in the West Coast, L.A., 
Los Angeles is what I'm referring to, San Diego, Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco are are going broke. Probably the one in best shape of the bunch is San Diego. But the others are in deep uh, deep uh, shape, bad shape, really bad shape. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of store fronts are boarded up or papered over. And so uh, more than 200 businesses, this is huge, people. More than 200 businesses in Oakland, California. Oakland, California, where you used to have the Oakland Raiders, used to have, uh, I think the Oakland A's are still there, but I think they're leaving. And used to have the uh, Golden State Warriors. Now they, they're not going to have any of those teams. The Warriors have moved across the Bay to San Francisco. Los, uh, Raiders have moved to Las Vegas. And I don't know where the ball team, the baseball team's going. More than 200 business owners in Oakland, California. It's a very liberal city. All these are very liberal cities. They shut their doors in protests on September 26th. That's something when a business shuts their doors in protest. With some closing for hours and others closed the entire day to to object to policies they say are allowing criminal activity to impact their livelihood and their community safety. One of the, I think she is the, uh, oh, what's her her name she's vietnamese her name is tran but she has a first name she's right here jennifer tran i believe she's the president of the vietnamese chamber of commerce she says something that is a a huge truth she says safety is the foundation of our community's existence we are exhausted with the infighting we see every day while nothing gets done. Do you feel that about government? That's what I feel. I feel just exactly. I said, we, I am exhausted with the infighting. We, we argue, argue, argue over stuff. We you know, you don't see any progress. And it's to a place now where many businesses are just closing up. They said, we, we're not going to put up with being robbed every day. Yeah, she's president of the Oakland Vietnamese Chamber of Commerce. She said, without business safety, this is what our founding father said, without business safety, there's no business. Without business safety, there's no community. Without business safety, there's no city. There's only chaos. Baby, they got chaos. Sacramento is also a city that's in trouble. 200 businesses. That's that's a bunch to get to come out. And they came outside and protested in the street on September 26. They said, we're here to demand that our government, city, state, and federal fulfill their end of the social contract to provide basic safety in our streets. Do you understand that? That their government has a social contract with the citizens of their jurisdiction to provide safety. That's what Sutter County, for instance, they violated, they broke the trust 
of their social contract with the citizens of Sutter County and the rural areas by saying we're not going to fund Sutter Fire Department anymore. They violated their contract. If, if, if government will not provide safety, there is no need for government. They should stop taking taxes and just go find another job. We don't need, we don't need all these people. We can have all volunteer city councils and mayors and supervisors and, and we keep our property taxes and all you people go, go do some other job. You, you, a lot of you guys are employed and gals are employed anyway. You have violated your social contract. I drive by a polluted lake every day. It's been polluted for years. It's, it's just a lake. Average person could figure out how to fix it. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and they can't fix it. I have said over and over, if they can't get that fixed in a year, they should quit. They have violated their social contract with us. They cannot provide basic services to the city. Every day, people are trying to break into buildings that I'm involved in, in both counties, Yuba and Sutter. And law enforcement and the politicians have violated their social contract because they cannot provide basic safety in our streets. That's what Jennifer Tran, president of Oakland Vietnamese Chamber of Commerce, I totally agree with her. I would say to her that there is more there is more safety in communist Vietnam and more more order in their their towns than there is in America now. It didn't used to be that way. It is now. We'll be right back. Infamous Albert Pike letter to Mazzini, known as the Illuminati plan for three world wars, was allegedly written by Albert Pike in 1871. The letter outlines a plan to foment three world wars in an attempt to take over the world. It is claimed that the letter was on display in the British Museum Library until 1977, but the British Museum denies this claim. Some suggest that the use of the word Nazism in 1871 proves that the letter is a fraud, and others say the same about Zionism, but Zionism existed back then. Zionism was made official in the late 1800s as a non-religious nationalist movement, arguing that the Bible was proof that Jews had a lawful claim to the land of Palestine, an area that was currently inhabited by a population that has lived there relatively peacefully, for centuries. Around the alleged writing of this Albert Pike letter, Jews began immigrating to Palestine with the intention of someday creating a state of Israel, which did not happen until 1948, after World War II and the creation of the United Nations. Albert Pike joined the Fraternal Independent Order of Oddfellows in 1840. By 1859, he was elected Sovereign Grand Commander of the Scottish Rite's Southern Jurisdiction and remained Sovereign Grand Commander for the rest of his life. He was definitely aware of Zionism, and if this Illuminati plan is true, 
then his use of the word Nazi is plausible. Either way, the letter is worth a read, and the closer we get to the end game, the more accurate this letter appears to be. The Illuminati plan for three world wars. The first world war must be brought about in order to overthrow the czars in Russia and make that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by agents of the Illuminati between the British and Germanic empires will be used to foment this war. After the war, communism will be used to destroy other governments and weaken the religions. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and political Zionism is strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel in Palestine. During the Second World War, international communism must become strong enough to balance Christendom, which would be restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of Islam. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and political Zionism mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and of the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere, the citizens, obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries, will exterminate those destroyers of civilization. And the multitude, disillusioned with Christianity, whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out in the public view. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Whoever wrote this letter had the vision to see where this is all going. By manipulating our beliefs and emotions, mankind has been herded into these wars like cattle to the slaughter. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. I was a little too tall, could've used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering renown. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes And points all her own, sudden way up high Okay, this is our final segment, 20-minute segment And I want to acknowledge the plumbing doctor, my friend Ted Holmes He's down in Mexico this week working on an orphanage on an orphanage with about seven other guys or so and uh, doing, they do humanitarian work down there and do a great job. Been doing it since 1987. Doing a lot of work, helping a lot of people, not only 
what we call Mexicans, but also many of the minority groups of, Viet, of uh, not Vietnam, but of minority groups of Mexican, the indigenous people, we call them, Oaxacan folks and all that. But anyway, uh, Ted, when he's up here, runs the plumbing doctor, and uh, it still runs when he's gone. He has uh, a whole system uh, set up of various trucks going out and dispatchers and everything, so you can reach him. Uh, reach them at 530-671-9111. You can write, call that number 24 hours a day, any day of the week, and they will work at getting your problem solved. 530-671-9111. Ted, being a contractor, a licensed building contractor, also, if it's complicated, your plumbing problem, other than just cleaning out a line or putting in a new line for you, uh, if you need remodeling done in your building or your house he can do that as well open open the wall up put it back together and paint it and texture it paint it do all the things tile it whatever he's done that to my house a couple times opened it up closed it up put the tile back on put put a new fixture system in the wall and a device and can't even tell he was in there so 530-671-9111, and he will take care of your needs. Okay, so a couple things here. I wanted to mention, you know, I mentioned HJTA.org, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. And they, uh, l- let me say something before I talk. I'm going to talk about repeal the death tax. Okay. Repeal the death tax.com. You can download the, uh, the petition. We're trying to sign a petition to stop the death tax. What is a death tax? When you, if you're a California, you own property in California and you die and the property is going to go to somebody once upon a time before prop 20 or sorry, before prop 19 in 2020 that started the death tax, we had eliminated the death tax for many years. So if you wanted to give your property and your business, your building or, or dirt to your family members, like your kids, or if you're, maybe your kids are dead and you have grandkids that are grown. So it's a grand grandparents and then the grandkids that's all that's left you could you could at one time give your property to the grandkids or the kids and the grandkids or the kids would be exempt from a spike in property taxes because they would keep the same basis you had and there wouldn't be a reassessment on the property unfortunately prop 19 changed all that and it added a death tax, and it took the money that it benefited from the death tax, and it spent it for bigger government. Hold that thought on repeal the death tax, because I'm going to come back to it, because there's another issue going on that in, I mentioned earlier, Sutter County Fire in the rural area of Sutter County. Sutter County's got 600 and some square miles. They have, they have, they have in-city in fire departments. That's different. This is Sutter County Fire, and they decided they didn't want to f- fund the fire department. There was some funding mechanisms, though. There was a parcel tax for fire, but it didn't affect everyone. Some people were getting free fire services, and other people were paying for it for everybody. 
Then there was Prop 7, uh, 720, I think. Prop 720. And that was a funding mechanism to give a half-cent sales tax to the counties for fire, police, and district attorney probation. Sutter County would not ever give any of their over $300 million they've received to fire. They could have. So some people in Sutter County, when they heard that Sutter County Fire was not going to be funded, decided to put an initiative on the ballot, which people can do in California, and repeal that parcel tax. You remember what I told you about the parcel tax that some people paid, not everybody? They repealed that. They wanted to repeal that tax, or they want to, and then put a new tax, a different tax, that applies to everybody. Nobody gets off. And that it would have a way to escalate the percentage over the years because things go up in price. And that would properly fund Sutter Fire. In the meantime, Assemblyman James Gallagher who was actually the one who tried to undermine Prop 13, which stopped the death death tax. People voted to stop the death tax. He actually endorsed Prop 19 to install the death tax again and cost millions of dollars to families and grandparents and, and descendants every year. So when he heard it, they... The, I guess the farmers in the area, rural areas said, hey, James, go, we don't want to pay this parcel tax. Go down there and get some more money from the state. So he went down and got a grant, got a bill passed, and got a grant from the state. Grants don't aren't uh, forever. They maybe get a one-year grant, two-year grant, three-year grant, whatever they get. And then then you got the problem all over again. So to try to undermine, to give the Sutter County fire, but it would undermine the effort to get this initiative on the ballot. There needs to be initiative on the ballot because Sutter County is determined they're not going to give any of these taxes from the state to the fire department. It all goes to law enforcement. So in the, the news release, to applaud James Gallagher, the assemblyman, for getting this money to save, I'm putting quotes around it, save. I don't know how much money it is. I don't know whether they're going to get all the money. Sutter County supervisors may keep some of the money. That's what's problem, that many of the supervisors steal money that should go to the other places they promised it for. So in the news release, it was so disingenuous. I was thankful that James Gallagher went and got some money for them. But it was so disingenuous because he, he put in a... a uh, an attaboy, a slap on the back to Prop 19 for providing that money. That is a lie. It's disingenuous. It's hypocritical because before Prop 19 was applied and took and, and brought back the death tax, we had plenty of money. You hear what I'm saying? When there was no death tax, there was still plenty of money to take care of fire. You know where it went? The government of state of California misspent that money. You hear what I'm saying? The supervisors of the county and the government at state level misspent the money that was left. There was plenty of money when there was no death tax. But James Gallagher, I'm not saying he even wrote that, but it was so hypocritical. And this is what I hate. 
I hate it. H-A-T-A, hate in bold caps and blood dripping off it. I hate politicians who are constantly trying to deceive the people. They did not tell the whole story in that news release. They deceived the people about Prop 19. And the fact is, we'll see how much money that, that Sutter County Fire gets. But we need to repeal the death tax, which is going to reverse what Prop 19 did in 2020. And you can help. You don't need to be a member of, of Howard Jarvis. Please sign the petition. If you're a California voter, or you can get registered to vote. If you go to Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, I'll give you the abbreviation once again, hjta.org. And you can either, if you don't have the ability to print out the petition, you can call them and ask them to mail you a petition. The petition has two signature spots. So if there's more than two people in your house and you don't have a copier machine, have them send a number of the petitions. Like if there's six people that are voters in your house, get, get three petitions. They will mail them to you and then you can sign it at your home and mail it back. And they tell you exactly how to do it step by step. Very easy. They sent a big stack to me and we're going to do a sign up at our church to repeal the death tax. We all need to do that. HJTA.org. HJTA.org. Again, if you don't have a computer where you can where you can download it or and print it off, if you don't have that equipment, they will mail you the hard copies, okay? In fact, in the mail today, I haven't opened it up. But I think what it is is they they're just sending out to all their their members the petitions. But please, you don't have to be a member. And, and most of you that I'm talking to, most people in the state that are voters are not members. They got hundreds of thousands of members in the state that are members. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people in the state that are members. But you don't need to be a member to join on. We need to get it on the ballot. And then still we need to get enough people to vote. We need 50% plus one to repeal this. So um, anyway, please do that. And uh, let's let's make a difference. But uh, but I'm just sick of that. I want transparency and people to be honest instead of playing games by giving themselves a pat on the back, stealing money out of one of your pockets and saying they're giving it to you back in another pocket. That's disingenuous. It's everything we hate about politicians that are that's not paper patriotism that's not anything about the founding fathers that's just scam all they are is legalized scam artists they're not in jail because they haven't committed the right crimes yet where and then sometimes they have enough connections with judges they just overlook what they're doing but if you read the news release that pats james on the back shame on him for allowing that the guy claims he's a christian but he's not honest. You know, if you're a Christian, you got to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. You cannot scam and skate on this stuff. Go to church, fine, but don't don't be talking. Uh, you know, pastor out at our church, sometimes people behave so in such a gnarly fashion. He says, don't tell anybody you're a Christian person because you ought not be acting that way. You ought to be a good, good employee. You ought to be a good 
representative, if you're a board of trustees or whatever you are. So I got about seven minutes left, and uh, there's also an effort with, uh, called re- uh, let's see, uh, I'm not, I can't even remember that now. Uh, I'm gonna have to wait on that. Okay, uh, if you want to sign the petition to redo the parcel tax and solve which the grant does not solve, but it, it's, a, it's a thumb in the wall in the uh, levy to keep the thing from flooding. It's a, it's a stopgap initiative to get a grant. If you want to sign the petition, if you're out there in the rural areas, uh, you should call Liz Cervantes at 530-632-6195. And you can, you can pass them around yourself and get signatures out there in the county yourself. 530-632-6195. All right. Uh, let me see if I got what I got. Oh, the other thing that's totally hypocritical. You know, you realize if you're if you know much about your state of California, if you live here very long, California has some of the uh, maybe. I mean, I've I've read uh, where we have the greatest. They call them fossil fuel reserve reserves, which are really not fossil fuels, oil, natural gas. In the world. Not in the Western states, not in the United States, but in the world. You think, wow, what about Texas? Wow, what about North Dakota? Wow, what about over here? Wow, what about over here? Yeah, Pennsylvania. What about Saudi Arabia? I'm telling you, the only reason we have, we're paying all these fantastic gas prices it has nothing to do with oil companies. It has everything to do with crazy... I, I'm literally... I'm not using hyperbole. These people are crazy. They're mentally ill. They're perverts. And they're stopping the oil companies and the gas companies from withdrawing those products and giving them to you in the form of gasoline and gas for your home furnace. They're stopping them. They're running the oil companies out of business. The refineries are closing down and selling their property for other uses like storage facilities. They have California, I believe, is the only state in the union that we have to have a special gas at certain parts of the year because they think it it makes cleaner, cleaner air. Gavin Newsom, they do this all the time. Nancy Pelosi used to do it. All these people do it. He's bringing a lawsuit against the oil companies saying that it's all their fault. It is not their fault at all. It's the people that are making the rules in Sacramento. And it's just going to cost there in this in this photo on Epoch Times gas at this one station. It's in Los Angeles on the 19th of September to Chevron station. The gas is 650 and higher. And diesel's 750 and higher. Almost eight dollars. That's all politics, people. It's just crazy politics and the the people making the rules do not have to buy gas or diesel do you understand that your tax dollars are paying them a what they call uh i call it tuna sandwich money 
It's money to get to and from serving the public and buying them food and housing. It's a ripoff, people. These guys, state workers are not paying their own fuel. State politicians are not paying their own fuel. I'm talking about people high up in the system. It's all paid for for them. That's why they don't, it's not having an impact. It's the average person, the poor people. That's why I don't know why you vote for these Democrats. It's just you're screwing yourself every time you vote for them. So the the oil company lawsuit, it says, will boost pump prices. And it's all about Gavin Newsom getting action so he can get a lot of liberal votes because he's going to be the if he's going to run for president, he's going to be the climate king. He says we're going to use the same policies we have in California to to have in the United States of America. I'm telling you, if people are nutty enough to vote for this guy, hey, we're going to be communists here. It's crazy. This article says much of Mr. Gore's 2006 documentary called Inconvenient Truth was a complete fake. John Seiler wrote this. Complete fake. Within 15 years, Gore said there will... The glaciers are going to be gone. Goodbye to the glaciers. Mr. Gore, 15-year prophecy about the glaciers expired quietly in 2021. The 2021 visits to Glaciers National Park exceeded each of the previous five years. The glaciers were still there, more ice than ever. All this carbon stuff, people, is a total lie. The reason they're saying we can't use oil is it's not as green as the bird blenders and solar. That is not true. Never was true. The Tesla car, you may think it's cool. Fine. It's fine. It's a dirtier car to be built than the, than a, a, a normal gasoline car. Way dirtier. They have no way, at a recent conference just the other day, state-level people say there's we don't have any way to, re, uh, to uh, recycle the batteries. Very little of the battery can be recycled. It's going to be a huge pollution problem. The big you you drive by the big bird blenders, the propellers on the windmill. There's no way to recycle those. They're made out of a of a composite product. There's no way to deal with those. Anyway, we got to close down here. And uh, thank you for listening. We're coming to the last 15 seconds. So thank you for listening. And if you need anything, 530-713-1838. You can get the posters. If you want to email, you can email Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E, at churchofgladtidings.com, and she will send you a PDF of that poster. You can print it out whatever state. It's, it doesn't have anything about California on it, so you could use it in any state you want. Again, Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E, at churchofgladtidings.com. Uh, see you next week, Lord willing. Trees are green, red roses too. 